up nicely. It's the Drew and Fuse Show. The Drew and Fuse Show. The Drew and Fuse Show. Yeah, they clean up nicely. Hello, Daft Punk's in the building. How's everybody feeling today on this bright Wednesday? Well, if everybody, you mean me, I'm feeling good. <laughs> feeling good, feeling great. It is a Swifty weekend here in Cincinnati. We have Taylor Swift in town. She is taking over the city. She's not only playing one, but two sold-out shows at Paycor Stadium, a.k.a. what they are calling Taycor Stadium. <laughs> Oh man, interesting. Um, well, that's, yeah. that should be fun down by the banks. You're gonna have yeah. girls, all kinds of girls down there. Yeah. So they're saying sixty-five thousand tickets sold to uh, the concert. We have a Reds game both Friday and Saturday that I get to work. Lucky me. Yay. Uh, there's over thirty-five thousand tickets sold to each game Friday and Saturday. They're expecting another. 25,000 people on top of that just to be down there hanging out. So over 100,000 people in that three-block area. I mean, you think if uh, the Reds and the Bengals could do that by themselves, you know? Just uh, Swifty bringing in the, the heat. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I think it's great. The ga- They're starting the Reds game early tomorrow, which is the, we're, today is Thursday, and the game's on a Friday. They're starting the Reds game early. They're pushed it up to 510 start time so they could open the gates early to hopefully get people in there early because of traffic. So I'm going to get down there as early as possible and just hopes that. Uh, Do you think there's any bigger artist right now that could draw that kind of numbers? Not not sold out two days in a row like that. I mean, I don't think I don't even. I don't artist. think Drake. I'm not talking about like I don't, a band. I'm, I don't think yeah. Drake is going to do that either. I don't think Drake's selling out to sixty-five thousand shows in a row. Maybe in Toronto, but not Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. To get things started, we do have a great guest today, and we want to talk to him about a lot of stuff. We had a cool bio written, but then we learned nobody cares. And that's if you go look at his bio, you'll you'll understand. Well, wait, we have to we have to mention the ATL and DMS. All right, the all ATLC. Right, the ATLC? Fine. First, we will talk about uh, Drew and I going to Atlantic City for the DJ Expo show. If you guys are going to be there, let us know. We will be there passing out some swag for DMS, uh, some Drew and Fuse show swag. Um, we're going to do a little what we like to call Suckajawea coin meetup where you uh, <laughs> you bring your Suckajawea coins and you pay the bartenders all in Sacagawea coins at a casino bar. Yeah, that is definitely happening. So hit up your local bank. That's you got. That's the only way to get them. Is you gotta take a take a C note to the local bank and just expend to, expect to spend some money. So you take p- a C note to the local bank. Say I need a hundred dollars in Sacagawea coins. They'll lace you up, and then you bring that over to the party, and we're gonna get drunk. And you're, we'll pass you're probably gonna have gear. to fly you- it there, though. Yeah, that's the thing, you, because they're not going to have enough Sacagawea coins in an Atlantic City bank for for oh. you know all these C notes that they're going to be cashing yeah, yeah. in. Yeah, you're definitely going to have to fly it there. So you do it at your home bank. You go to your home bank and you say, "Hey, I need a C note and Sacagawea coins." You bring that bad boy over to the party. We're going to have some freebies. We're going to do a couple little interviews, and we're going to get drunk on dollar coins. So it's going to be fun. 
We're going to tell everybody that we just hit the jackpot. That's why we have all these coins. <laughs> <laughs> so plan on that. Atlantic City, be there. Uh, we'll be announcing exactly when and where, but just put it in your notes. Expect yes. to do it. Yeah, probably call ahead to the bank now so you can make sure you have those Sacagawea coins. Also, like I said, we're going to be hanging, handing out swag for DMS. And, you know, speaking of DMS, if you use the promo code Drew Infuse Show, it'll get you 30% off your first month of activation. If you haven't signed up for DMS yet, make sure you check it out. Use the promo code Drew Infuse Show, 30% off your first month. And uh, come hang out with us in Atlantic City. We can move forward to today's guests. We had a cool bio written. And then we learned nobody cares. See, I'm doing it over again because why not? Uh, <laughs> he, he's a resident for Tau Group. He travels the world DJing. He's plays in all kinds of different cities every night. If you're not following him on Instagram, make sure you're following him on Instagram. He He's a scam artist. He's a billboard reporter. He's from the streets of Detroit, but now he's living in Austin, Texas. Please help us welcome Captain 20. Hey! <sighs> what's up boys what's up so um i did 100 push-ups before i got on today. Uh, no lie i need to start that in the morning i need a i need a new morning routine i need to get up and just start doing some shit yeah i mean i actually do i'm very like methodical about my morning routine so when i'm on it it's uh it's it's the best but i i yeah. highly encourage it you know find Find 15 minutes as soon as you get out of bed and uh, do some shit that's not comfortable and really kind of like sets the pace for your whole day. I think that's a good thing. Drew's uh, definition of a morning routine is taking a 15 minute bird ride around the uh, the old neighborhood. That's his morning oh, workout. Nice. That's nice. So during that's a really good way to get the blood flowing. <laughs> during pandemic we got those uh you know the trump bucks and i was like we could use this responsibility or we could buy some bird scooters so we threw down on some bird scooters and you know it's it's fun as fuck i just love to you know get the the wind going through your air and whatnot it's a good way to wake well, up it's too morning. bad you pay, it's too bad you paid for those i know a guy so next time let me know <laughs> a guy that can hack them <laughs> switch yeah, the course. trip out <laughs> Oh, it seems like you already know about that trick. <laughs> I need them for the the replaces, the replacements of these ones uh, coming up mm. here soon. So I'm gonna have to look at the a guy. Good side business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy behind the guy. You've mm -hmm. already got the van, Drew. You can just throw him in the van. You know, <laughs> get it going. It's not a bad idea. That's that's not creepy at all. <laughs> 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 as, if, as if we don't have enough as if we don't have enough things going against us you're, you're yeah. riding around in a van well it's 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 a creepier van than you're thinking it is, it has, it is. Ooh, tell me more <laughs> and they got to do school drop-offs on it so you know can, really can, can i can i turtle it next time i'm in town <laughs> Dude, real talk. I would probably spend a bunch of money because I do travel for uh, doing travel weddings. I would throw the shit out of a, a you know a panel van. You know what vans are good for for traveling DJ stuff like that is actually the old Chevy Astro. This is the the NV two hundred. It's like the 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 updated version of the Chevy Astro. Oh, nice, nice. Well, it's, this it's, must be good. It well, it's it's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that uh, about all your businesses. 
<laughs> all right. Sorry, well, sorry, guys. I'm letting you talk. It's your show. I don't know what no. I'm doing over here. All I was going to say is, know. you know, it's it's a money van because somebody stole the catalytic converter off of it a couple months ago. Yeah, there you go. In, in my fucking be, driveway. Those, are, those will always be in demand for scrap. Yeah. So you're in Austin now. I am. Um, I am here in ATX. And, and, Moving from Detroit to Austin, how, how has that been? And, you know, one thing the last time I was there is the, the homeless, which drives me fucking nuts. Uh, it was just, was over rampant in Austin. Yeah, it, it was pretty bad when I uh, first seriously considered moving here was towards the end of 2020 um, yeah. during pandemic. That was the longest I had been home in about 15 years. And, you know... I just had made a decision that, you know, it was time for me to relocate to a place where more, more so not just for opportunity, but quality of life, climate, people, community, those things. And Austin was always a place that I had sort of had on my mind. And uh, I came here during the pandemic and yeah, the homeless situation was, I mean, it felt like downtown LA down here. I went the uh, same time to possibly relocate and mm. and that was that's why i bring it up is that's uh was yeah. on my mind of you know i don't know yeah well yeah. you know austin is kind of its own i i would say it, its own state within a state you know i think it's it has its own identity when it's compared to the rest of texas but uh the, the govern the government finally got involved and okay sort of clean cleaned up the city for lack of a better term, but you know, it, it's still tough. Temperature is a hundred. It's a hundred and 15, 112 with the heat index today. So any, any one that doesn't have a place to live is suffering right? Know, with, with, in, with impoverished living situations, not going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, it, it, it was, uh, it was quite an interesting journey. You know, originally I was looking in Miami and then Vegas and, you know, we we're sort of chasing the real estate at that time in 21 when everything was skyrocketing. And I ended up back out here to play a festival, reconnected with a bunch of people. And, you know, it, it was for me the best combination of all the things that that are priority for me in my life now. I wish the airport was a little bit better here. It's definitely not ideal for people that travel all over like we do so that's been a challenge but you know just like anything else it's like you got to take you got to look at the pros and cons of it and, and figure out ways to be resourceful and navigate through it more efficiently you know yeah there's good ass food at the airport though that's for sure <laughs> just in austin in general there's good ass food uh all the food yeah, trucks and just uh, incredible yeah Austin's it really is one of the places i haven't been actually though so yeah I, you need to get out here yeah i gotta make a trip i've heard a lot of good things always about it yeah i mean i'll say like as far as the dj community and you know our industry you know in the year or so that i've which physically with traveling that's only maybe been collectively about four or five months actually home you know i've seen more homies and, and DJ colleagues and artist friends and industry friends that are here coming to visit or coming to perform or, you know, they're involved in so much. I, I've seen more people like that than I have maybe in 10 years living in Michigan. So 
as bad as as sad as that sounds, you know, it, it it tells you a little bit about just how exciting and energetic the town is and just how much stuff there's always going on here that's drawing more and more talent to the city. So speaking of Michigan again, when you were there, correct me if I'm wrong, you were working at the the club inside the MGM, the casino there, right? You were doing the talent buying and kind of all yeah. that. Yeah, and I'm still doing that. I still have accounts and and business in in Michigan, not so much as before, but you know we still do a lot of curating for smaller venues. Uh, outside services essentially is what I did. My company did for MGM. We started about 2008, and sort of uh, at that time we had a full nightclub there. It was you know, one of the more recognized clubs, at least in the Midwest, especially in Detroit. Booking, booking the talent, doing the programming, the advances, uh, everything from curating the go-go dancers to the door hosts to marketing and promotions. Oh, wait, talk about curating so, uh, go-go dancers, though. Yeah, I, I knew that would get your attention. We're, we're, we're skipping over the <laughs> important part. Yeah, you know, it's a specialized business. The same way you curate DJs, you know, they just have a... They just have a different skill set that you, that is required. So he rounds them up in a in a panel van and and takes them to the club. Yeah, if you know where I can get a good one right now, I'm really I'm looking for a new one. Um, uh, jokes aside, you do it. You just um, it's I'm guessing it is the same as DJs. You. Do you just have everyone show up at a club? Do they rotate through on a, actually a busy night or do you, yeah, you know? Yeah, we, we schedule them out. I mean, you know, and I mean, if you look at venues across the world that have performers of any kind, whether they're go-go dancers, whether they're acro acrobats or, or any of that sort, you know, you look at what the brand is, you want them to fit the brand, you want them to move a particular way, and you want them to look a particular way, their wardrobe, things like that. So, you know, really, like one of the fun parts for me was helping design the wardrobe. You know, anytime we had a, a signature event occurring in town or the venue, you know, one of the things I, I love to do is do themed events instead of it always being talent driven. It was more of trying to find that balance between, you know, we're, we're technically a three, 300 cap venue. And in Detroit, you're talking about, you don't really see your sales until close to midnight. So you had an hour and a half to make all your money. You know, you can't spend a hundred grand on talent or even 50 grand on talent. You have to be really resourceful with how you manage the funds and where they go and so forth. So a lot of times it was just, you know, if the Grand Prix is in town, we would have like a racing theme. The girls would be dressed up in you know, racing outfits or if it was a Halloween theme event. I used to love doing Halloween. It's the greatest holiday of all time. Oh, the best. I mean, Alice in Wonderland, yeah. they're all dressed that way. I did a Star Wars birthday party, dressed them all like Princess Leia one night. You know, so right. all that shit was really fun. It, it was something that if you think about that time starting in around 2008, you know, not everything was social media based. So, you know, it was very much more about creating cool experiences that people would be like, oh, damn, that, that was cool as hell. Or, wow, we didn't even feel like we were in Detroit or something to that effect, you know. And so yeah. that was kind of why I was so hands on with everything. But in addition to that, you know, working with a casino property, especially like MGM, you know, they have high standards and a very low probability for failure so you know 
in order to protect my business there and everyone, everyone's jobs, you know, I had to make sure that I was very involved and was very responsive to any issues or needs and, and constantly kept moving the needle forward, you know? And that was V nightclub, correct? That was what it was called. Correct. Yep. And a lot of guys, you said 2008, right? Because I remember kind of seeing Dexstar guys and kind of mm-hmm. that whole thing in there. Yeah. Yeah. I officially took over in 2009 uh, and just kind of started behind the scenes a little bit before that. And uh, at that time, you know, we were also booking guys like AM in other venues in, in Detroit. And we were trying to make that city understand what this whole lifestyle celebrity type dj multi-genre dj what that why this was so special you know in detroit you were either an underground dj or you were a hip-hop dj and those were really the two scenes and you know merging them one was very difficult still um but you know a lot of music purists there so even for myself i started as an underground dj i was trance and drum and bass and Latin house and when I found myself you know needing to expand you know I would bring in other hip-hop DJs to perform with me and we'd we'd go back and forth before there was b2b and even really before there was a, a label called open format we didn't realize it but we were playing open format sets but we were just switching you know I would do the house stuff my homies would do the hip-hop stuff and then we would find a way to make it like cohesive and then before I knew it, I was like, well, I guess I need to make a decision here on, on what direction I'm going to go, what kind of DJ I'm going to be. And, you know, it just sort of happened yeah. where I, I, I got into the open format world. Yeah. You know, my, it, it, it's still, it was still a hard sell. So when I first started booking like Dexter guys, it was, it was mainly because of AM. Then AM passed on, rest in peace. And, you know, the next guys were really Jazzy Jeff. Uh, who was with Dexar at the time, Steve, who was still with Dexar, Steve Aoki at that time was doing shows with um, Tommy Lee. Oh, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So that era, if you figure like 2007 to about 2010, 11, it was real heavy with reality TV. Mm-hmm. So we will book yeah. a combination of, you know, hosts or different hosts. You know, we had Kim Kardashian in 2007 or 2008 several of the other Kardashians later on. And then it was like, you know, reality shows like Jersey Shore and things like that. So there was a pocket where that was really big for us in that market. And then I kind of started to see the trends a little bit. And I'm like, okay, well, we're still Detroit. We're still a very respected music community. I had to be careful not to pitch too much of that to give give the community the wrong idea of what our venue was, you know? So it'd be like, maybe we do a host here, then we do a really big electronic act, then we do, you know, a crossover act. So, you know, that was also a lot of fun for me. It was challenging to try to stay ahead of the trends. And also you don't want to go over the market's head with shit. Yeah, and right. you still had to stay within a budget. So just because we right. were MGM didn't mean we had MGM money. We had very, very small amount of uh, right. budget to play with. So were you yourself opening for a lot of these guys when they would come through the club? Yes, almost all of them. You know, at least 
at least for the first three or four years. And, and you know, that was one of my goals. I, I recognized the power of networking a long time ago. So even though I was doing all the back end work and admin stuff, I had to make sure that I opened, I had to make that relationship. Um, it was always really important for me to connect with the artists, whether you were a thousand dollar DJ or $50,000 DJ, you know, it was part of it was I always wanted the guys to be set up right. You know, I think all of us have an opinion on what a opener should do. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, yeah. in, in Detroit in particular, you know, it was at least where I came up, opening was a opening was a privilege slot to have. Like if you got to open for anyone, that was a true honor. And and you really it, it was a lot more work and a lot more pressure than headlining because I wanted to just always make it the perfect mix. And you, you want the artist to leave with a smile. Then we want them to come in with a smile. So, you know, that was always, I would set up the shows. I would handle the advances. I would handle the transportation, the artist hospitality, all that shit. And then I'd be in there to open. Or just It was a lot. It's, it's cool. Cause at the time you're, it's a lot, but you know, you're, also learning so much stuff that you could take with you afterwards that so you know at the time so you might not even think about but it's it's like uh you know a training ground for it's a master class in like invaluable stuff where if you ever wanted to take it after the fact of djing yeah 100 and I, that i think that's something that like any aspiring djs or any guys out there that are in that slot you know be mindful of who you're working with like, I think it, that was one of the things that taught me very early on was like, you know, this is an opportunity to cultivate a relationship with someone. Don't just unplug your headphones and walk away or don't show that person any respect. Show, show respect. Like they're getting paid to play this slot for a reason. Maybe you don't think they're that great of a DJ or maybe you think you're better than them or whatever the case is. But, you know, take your ego out of there and like embrace that moment, embrace that opportunity and you know, have, have some uh, awareness about like who's in the booth with you. Cause that person, you might not know that person might be a $1,500 DJ today. And right. six months from now, they're the chain smokers. That's exactly yeah. the, that's an exact perfect story that uh, like was one of my bookings. Uh, and wow. know, they're, they're a great testament to that, you know? Yeah. So, me and Fuse, yeah. I think, went through a lot of the same things on the on the come up, and that's why. Yeah. To be honest with you, both of us work for DMS is because we both were opening for Kevin Scott, and you know mm -hmm. it was just that perfect little transition into our story. I mean, DJing, and you know how it is. It's a it's a kind of a tight knit circle. The guys that are doing anything kind of all know each other, and sure, you know, you as well as me know that you could go to probably any city and know somebody or find something to do just based on the fact of, you know, your, your career and, and what yep. you've, you've done. And, um, it's, it's a cool thing at the same time to kind of have that experience and, you know, kind of been around, uh, since that kind of decade where like the open format DJs were coming up and now the guys that are doing their thing then are pretty much the same ones that are still doing the mm -hmm. thing now. And I feel like mm -hmm. it's a testament to the talent. I don't know. Maybe it's a testament to to you know the what's going on musically and stuff in the world too. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I think a lot of it too is just work ethic and attitude. And I think that 
we were fortunate to have to go through, you know, the, 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 what I call the, the trenches, you know, standing outside in the cold waiting for records and put flyers on cars and all that shit humbles you. It, it makes you realize, like, you know, when you really think about it, 2% of the population gets to do what we do, maybe less. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, I think it, I think, I think the newer generation of talent, I hope that they can do a little bit of that homework in history and realize like, man, like, you know, these previous generations have helped pave the way for us to be successful. Technology has helped pave the way for us to be successful without being, without having a chip on your shoulder about it. Mm-hmm. That makes any sense. Yeah, of course. I, uh, I saw you were, uh, you posted that you're going to be in Chicago soon. So I wanted to bring yeah. this up. Uh, the first time I met you was in Chicago. I was playing okay. at the underground. You were there for, uh, for, I think it was you too at, uh, oh, yeah. they play at the Cubs stadium. It at, was soldier uh, field that night, so, or think. soldier field. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. That would like briefly met. I, I just was, posted one of those pictures today. Oddly enough. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. I, yeah. it was like real brief and, uh, I want to say it was like 2016 or 2017. Yeah, that's about right. That's yeah. about right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Underground. I I heard they re, did they reopen? I I think I saw somebody recently, maybe it was Joe Maz. Somebody recently I saw like a flyer that was playing there again. Oh, right. Uh, on. At that time, Phenom was living in Chicago and that's who I was getting booked through. I would come up and do like the occasional Sunday. So I was yeah. there on a Sunday night. Oh, nice. You're in where? Cincy now or? Cincy, yeah. Okay, got it, got it. Yep. Yeah, Drew's at, out in Long Beach. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. In California. Wow, that's quite a difference. <laughs> yeah. Well, we all connect the through LB, GMS. The so. LBC. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I would love to just flip it up and uh, do some music, and then we'll get back yeah. to like the what you do for talent buying and everything after that but um sure i wanted to talk some music we got these uh really uh high class um high budget productions you could say that we play for segment videos so we're gonna play one now and then we'll get started hello this is bond james bond joanne fuse i think it's about time we talk about music Personally, I like to listen to grown and sexy smooth jazz with my favorite girl, Pussy Galore. Now make me a cold martini, shaken, not stirred. I break down your top music. <laughs> that was quite epic. Was All right, there's real, uh, actually Bond. I need he wants that. to know. I need that from a bribe. I need that for my collection. <laughs> <laughs> that outfit though he's rocking so amazing <laughs> that's not what your mother said last night Trebek <laughs> you guys ever I see that just found it. Yeah, 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 Will, yeah. Will Ferrell Sean Connery it's so good so good Show we need age. you to be our we, it sounds like yeah. we need you to be our, our new Sean Connery impersonator for yeah. everything moving forward. If you're down, I'm pretty good at Sean Connery. Yeah. I okay. Am, so I moving forward, we're going to, we're going to ask you to do our, our Sean Connery impersonations. Cause we just signed stone on to a 10 year contract, uh, to be our Michael McDonald impersonator. <laughs> oh, wow. Only if he sings also. <laughs> Could be amazing. 
All right, hit them. All right, oh. so um, we're gonna talk a little Serato top five music. So any anything that you you want to mention? Usually, sometimes we do uh, like the top five most played in your Serato library. If you want to mention, you know, just top five tracks you're playing now, that's cool too. However you want to do it, it's up to you. Well, well, well. I think, geez, uh, that was a little bit tough because I've been playing a lot of different styles of rooms. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I think across the board. A lot of electronic stuff, just uh, Fisher's new one, Take It Off, Bag In, Chris Lake, I'd say Fred Again still is, uh, Baby Again is still big, um, John Summit, Where Are You, Where You Are, Where Are You, Where Are You, yep. Where Are You, Are, Wherever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I I've think, been uh, a lot of yeah. I was going to say, uh, I've yeah. been getting a lot of John Summit, John Summit requests lately. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's, Fred Again. Yeah, they're massive. I mean huge yeah uh and hugel hugel uh Mornita. the john summit request right now remind me like before avici like blew up blew up where mm-hmm. it was like can you play avici and you're like i'm playing it right now yeah exactly. like that's that's what's happening with the john summit stuff like you'll be playing yeah. a john summit track and like somebody will be like can you play it and you're like i'm yeah. actually i'm already it's literally playing as we speak yeah yeah <laughs> i hear you here it's still listen i'll take that over seeing phones in my face for bad bunny yeah yeah i i would much rather just the 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 in-person request than the just holding up of the phone yeah i i've done some bad things to people's phones (laughs) what what have you done yeah yeah yeah. what are some of the tricks just off off top i mean one guy i told him if he Put his phone up in my face again i was going to chuck it across the room and i 100 percent snatched it out of his hand chucked it across the room <laughs> and then that didn't go well for him uh and then one magically fell into a half melted bucket of ice in the dj booth after also requesting multiple times to stop texting in my peripheral which is something that right. really really annoys me i don't know about you guys but Nothing oh, worse yeah. than people just standing in your blinders, texting while you're trying to, you know, do your thing. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a huge college town. So you're, it's you know, they don't know, right? They're from all over the country. And that hasn't have happened that here. That hasn't that hasn't oh. happened in Austin. Actually, oh. you know, okay, people in uh, Austin has. Uh, I, I will say I was I was quite impressed when I actually start to immerse myself in the in the industry here it's a lot of a lot of great local talent and uh, the venues the, the, the community is very well educated on music so you know it's a really True. it's been really it's been really fun to take some chances here and play more of the stuff i really want to play and, and know that i can get away with it you know so so club wise you're you mentioned like all these house tracks is that i mean those are the big stuff right now but Mm -hmm. is that what you would say the overall feel of the whole night is or are you still like dipping in and then dipping out and coming i still move around a little bit um just personally sort of after pandemic you know i kind of just reevaluated where i want to be what makes me happy you know and i still do some clubs where it's a lot of latin a lot of hip-hop and things like that but, uh, you know, I think that even in those venues, I'm still sprinkling in these tracks and getting to that a, a segment of my set where those work in a way where it's sort of like you didn't even really see it coming kind of thing. Uh, yep. And, you know, it, 
I always want to try to educate and, and introduce stuff in a way, but you know, you have to spoon feed them depending on where you are. But I mean, there hasn't been a venue that I have played in the last six months where these tracks didn't work. So whether, right, right. whatever it was or whatever that even event was, you know, I think Drew and I were in San Diego when you were playing, uh, we were playing a gig in San Diego and you were playing the El Chingon mm-hmm. in, in uh, San Diego. But yeah, I think it was like, goes off. like we, we missed each other by a night or something. Oh, damn it. Yeah, these work. These I can pull off there too. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, certain venues you gotta you gotta make them work when they make sense. What's mm-hmm. great about like a venue like that is they have really big production in there, so you feel like you're in a badass nightclub, mm-hmm. uh, right? And you know they respect the DJs there. So as long as you know what you're doing, you can you, you can pull stuff like that off. I agree. Most of my the, the two spots I'm playing the Friday nights. More of a party bar, and the second night or my my Saturday night is uh, more of a club, but it's more like a dance club. It's not like a bottle service club, and mm-hmm. I can still sneak. You know, I'm playing a lot of like just straight up pop stuff. You even yeah. were at the one that I play on mm. a Friday that that mm-hmm. time, uh, and you yeah, know, that place was cracking. Yeah. Can't even move in there. Yeah, and but I still play some of that stuff there. So I think you know. If you can, if you're a good DJ, you know, you know how you can kind of push the limits of what you can make work and, you know, that. Exactly. Exactly. Any other uh, notable mentions of new tracks you're into or liking or anything like that? Um, you know, I think, uh, I mean, I, I'm playing a lot more deeper house, organic stuff. So I think that some of it may or may not resonate with, you know, the audience. But, you know, I think that just in general my genres are are moving in in more of a direction of like latin house and more more electronic stuff again and and i think that just on a wider scale that that has definitely made a resurgence you know you're starting to see commercial venues be more into that kind of talent in general that's kind of just the direction i'm going Mm -hmm. and then there's stuff like you know peso which is especially in places like Fort Worth and San Diego and El Chino and things like that. That's like that shit. I would have never, I would, I would have no idea about, you know, but <laughs> right. uh, Peso Pluma, but it's blowing up everywhere. So he's yeah. huge. It's, a, it's um, the new bad bunny. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it definitely is. Uh, how many yeah. nights a week are you currently playing? Are you only doing like one or two or travel? I'm, are you local? Yeah, I'm, I'm just, you know, I cut back pretty substantially again, like after pandemic and, Moving also to Austin, I've had to take a little bit of a different approach on how I do things. You know, when when you live in a city like Detroit your whole life, you sort of are a staple there, as you guys know, in your own markets. And after a while, you just kind of, you feel pigeonholed and, you know, it's hard to really, it's great money, you know, if you want to be doing that. But, you know, I just, I don't want to play 150 shows a year anymore. You know, I would like to just get to a point where I'm playing venues in markets that I I really love, that I really am invested in. And in my hometown now in Austin, you know, I'm just trying to curate unique events. Like I didn't come here to take gigs away from great local talent. I want to find my lane that's going to help me continue to 
move the needle this way and, and play the music that I'm really passionate about. So it's been a, it's been sort of a takes time, you know, and then it's like you spend a few weeks here, you're grinding, you're, you know, you're watering the seeds and then you're gone for three weeks. Then you got to start over again. So it, it's been a little bit of a tough balancing act for me to, to make the, you know, really get sort of the wheel going in, in town. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm enjoying playing gigs a lot more than I was before. And yeah, I'm, find, I'm finding a lot more uh, just personal enjoyment in that. You totally. Know, instead, instead of just having this pressure all the time that I put on myself that oh my oh I, I didn't post a monthly calendar with forty fucking shows on it anymore. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't have anything to prove to anybody, you know, but myself. So I'd rather just focus on quality right now. And then, you know, I think that that's just the next tra transition for me personally. That's how I've been though, too. Post pandemic, I play basically two, sometimes three nights a week at the most. And it's very mm -hmm. rare that I even do that. And pre pandemic, I was doing five and six nights a week. So I am way happier. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's other things in life, but also your health, I, I, my health in general, overall health and wellness is like top priority for me now where for the majority of 20 years of my career, it's always just been gigs and my calendar and work. And, you know, at some point that becomes unhealthy. So, you know, I think it just try and find that right balance is, is really where I'm at. We, we want to actually talk in depth about health, health that, uh, and just travel health and all that stuff. But, um, yeah. I wanted to wrap up with all the music stuff and we were wondering yeah. if, uh, like what your favorite music or remix producer, um, any, anybody, it doesn't have to be DJ related, but just, you know, yeah. person that you're I, all about right now. I think, I think it's hard to put it on one right now for me again, but, um, a few at least are, you know, black coffee, is um that's someone that i've been a fan of since before he blew up again that whole sound the the afro house sound that very yeah. organic uh you know tulum sound of what people are, are really doing in other parts of the world that's something i'm connected with a lot so you know, black coffee carlita uh, blondish you know i mentioned john summit dom dalla yeah i mean they're all like i think I think right now those names globally are huge. And um, I think that with streaming services, they're becoming more and more recognizable to people that maybe weren't fans of that music before. So yeah, that's kind of sort of where I'm at. And then it's like, you know, I still have like my favorite go-to uh, club tracks. If I'm, if I'm playing a set, it's always, Things like, you know, Calvin Harris feels so close and switch yeah. house mafia. Don't you worry, child. Pursuit of happiness. All I do is win. I mean, yeah. It's, well, however you of want course. it. Like, but those things always work no matter what. When, when right. you're playing in, you know, an open format room or, or a mainstream club, any of those to me are always going to work. Uh, but it's on a personal level, you know, those other artists I mentioned, that that's more the direction that I'm sort of that's the space that i that i'm really passionate about right now so have you started or are curating your own party in austin 
that's what I've been working on. So, yeah. you know, there's a few, there's a few groups here that I've been talking to, but that is the overall goal in, in Austin is to yeah. create, create some new ongoing experiences, ongoing events with, with established venues and, and hospitality groups in this market that, you know, we can work together as partners. Like I've never been right. somebody just to go in for a DJ gig pay or a promoter pay a one time. Right. Like, you know, my, my perspective has always been treating this like a partnership, you know, anywhere we play. Well, and that circles so, so much back to just your history and all your stuff. I mean, that's all the cultivation that you've been doing in Detroit and all that stuff. So yeah, it's, it's all comes full circle and you can always tell them like, you know, you're, uh, sure. you, you have a, a go-go dancer thing that you can always bring to the table. <laughs> Maybe it's a yeah, man. That's my that's my ace in the hole. <laughs> a go-go go dancer uh, competition. Maybe that's the the move. Just kidding. That's right. You know, club, clubs when all else fails, do those. clubs back in the days would always do that. Wet t-shirt like contest. Go -go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. We got. Remember the first time I went to Jamaica? There was a wet t-shirt contest at Rick's. Uh, or one of those places and i'm like wow, i've never been this is amazing oh yeah you should really try it i'm pretty sure they're still doing it <laughs> well they're definitely doing it in mexico i have been to cabo and they're still doing shit like that but there you go there you go so one of the things too we were wanted to talk about kind of moving forward you mentioned uh you know your your health and wellness and you know as somebody who's big into that, is there any tips or, or kind of want to tell us kind of about your routine or what you like to do to stay healthy? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could talk about this all day, so you might want to put a time cap on it, but, uh, <laughs> I think, I think the, the biggest, the biggest thing for me right now is sleep. Uh, you know, I think all of us and still at some point in our careers used to boast, you know, Oh, I can, I haven't slept in three days or, you know, uh, I can fucking go all week without sleep or I'm gonna be up all night working on these edits or some shit like that. Fuck all that. Like, I need to get <laughs> sleep. It's, it, 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 uh, I guess it's like, I've never had quality sleep in my life. So again, pandemic sort of was like a time where I was like, I could shut down and then I would, and then yeah. I started to see just what a positive impact in, you know, my overall health, that just good sleep gets. That doesn't mean time. So that just means quality of sleep. And so I got really into understanding, you know, sleep cycles and the difference between deep sleep and REM sleep and, and how you do this and circadian rhythm and all this stuff. And, you know, that's also directly affiliated with your diet. So, you know, making adjustments to how I eat, cutting things like sugar. I mean, I went, I went full vegan for almost a whole year, which is kind of crazy since I'm Middle Eastern and I'm from Detroit. Like all we do is eat meat and rice our entire life. But, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I made that commitment and it had like my body just changed in general, like everything. Like I had more energy. My skin was cleaner. My, I could think more clearly. I could sleep better. So I think, I think, as a traveling DJ, the biggest thing is finding ways to prioritize sleep. And then I, I do something called front loading. Uh, so I front load like all of the healthy things 
that I want to do when I get home and I book them before I leave. So that means I'll book a sauna, I'll book a cryotherapy, full body cryotherapy. I'll book some classes, whether it's like reformer or boot camp or whatever, and I'll commit to those. And ClassPass actually is a great tool for that, especially if you're traveling. There'll be, a, you know, if you get into a market, it's like if you book it ahead of time, you paid for it already. Now it's right. like no matter how hungover you are or fucking whatever it is, in my mind, it's like I'm throwing money away. So I have to go right. do this. So those things, those things are like extremely important. I think, uh, dude, 10 minutes of stretching, even before a gig, 10 minutes of just stretching in your hotel room or, or whatever, that's like a night and day difference in, in how I move, what my attitude is, not just like physically, but mentally. It's like you got to deal with, you got to be on all the time. You want to make sure you're, you have the right attitude. You want to make sure your energy's up. So all those things I have sort of tried to make a priority. And I mean, look, I'm not perfect. It's not like I just hit a switch. You know, there's some times where I just can't get it going. But the goal is trying to do it every day. I mean, I, I do meditate I, every morning. I do a small I, little... Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, finish, finish, finish. Sorry. Uh, yeah, just it, it, as far as like the morning ritual, like you know, 15 minutes meditation, then I do just 20 push-ups and 20 squats, 50 whatever and then then i get going and if i'm when i'm in a good stride and i do it consecutively i mean physically i feel better i'm stronger i'm more lean i'm more fit you know and when you're like that you just make better decisions like you know you yeah. don't want to eat shitty you want to go to bed early when you can you don't want to drink unless you have to you know when you're in that space it makes it a lot easier for you to have overall better health. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So I got a couple questions based on this. One, you still drink, yes, alcohol? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I got another question revolving that in a sec. But mm -hmm. one of the things I want to ask, and, you know, as, as listeners to the show, you know, as somebody who's traveling and trying to eat clean, are there, like, what are you, when you're traveling, how do you, keep eating clean you know i fast a lot so i i do a time restricted eating which is pretty much like for example this saturday i have a 7 a.m flight so what i'll try to do is just i'll shut my food off at like 8 p.m the night before and then i just will try not to eat till i land which as long as I can stay out of the sky lounge and not get fucking <laughs> hit by those goddamn chocolate chip cookies, it's the cookies. Uh, yeah. But you know, some back on story on that, like that's something I started doing time restricted eating before COVID I've kind of trained my body and my mind to be able to just shut off food, especially Whoa. when you have shows that's like makes a huge difference. Like when you're, gastro shit is not good it just it weighs you down all totally over. the fasting yeah. is fascinating to me and i do a lot of weddings and so you'll get that you know filet mignon in the middle of it i'm like i just had to shut that off i can't anymore because just i want to mm -hmm. go straight to bed with yeah. the fasting specifically uh and you say you still drink 
how does that work? Or is the, the fasting include the drinking as well? It, it, I mean, it's modified in that sense. I would think without without eating and you drink, you're blacking out, right? It is, it is. I'll have one meal. So that that's also, you know, anything anything like that is you got to modify it to your own lifestyle. So like when I when I'm traveling and I have shows, I just try to to fast until it's like we have the artist dinner or wherever. I know I'm going to eat with the homies before the gig. And then in those in those meals, I, I just keep it to like sushi, not anything heavy, not anything fried, salads, just shit like that. That just just all I need to really get me through. And then and then it's tequila, which is, you know, it's a, tequila is a natural stimulant. So you don't, you know, I don't drink Red Bull. I don't drink anything like that. That's sh- sugary or anything that could potentially like give me a hangover. So I'm really good at not having hangovers. Knock on wood. Just, just so tequila straight with like water with uh, oh no it i is, mean water on the side just like in between the oh yeah the yeah tequila water. And ice. Uh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. hydration yeah. hydration that's a good i'm glad you brought that up hydration is is key too i uh i take these packs called element and it's basically sodium and zinc uh but when you're fasting too it's it's a very concentrated electrolytes so you know i'll i'll drink those especially when i'm on the road or when i'm traveling or even if i'm just on the road in general you get dehydrated from flying you get dehydrated from we're not sleeping enough and things like that so those packs help me uh i have another pack uh, called athletic greens they make these travel packs and you know they have like chlor chlorophyll and all kind of vitamins take them in the morning it just kind of helps you stay clean and 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 just keep your body functioning I got to look into that. I've been hearing a lot about that. I heard a lot about that. So that would be good, especially for traveling. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I always sort of guinea pig myself. Anytime I try something new, I'm like a little bit of a mad scientist. So like, you know, mushroom coffee is another one. I mean, I, I'm a big advocate of mushroom coffee. If you get the right stuff. What is mushroom coffee? Uh, uh, It's, it's the hallucinogenic one. No, no, no. Is this functional? So, so, uh, you know, there's ashwagandha, lion's mane, uh, chaga. There's several different ones that are used more commonly now with what they call functional mushrooms. But coffee is another big thing. You know, I, I try to stick it to just one cup in the morning. And when I travel, yeah. I'll, I'll bring some mushroom packs with me and I'll I'll take those. So caffeine, caffeine's another one. You know, it just it stays in your system at least. It doesn't even metabolize till 12 hours. If you're drinking, if you're having an Americano or a double espresso at 6 p.m., you ain't going to bed. I don't give a shit what you're doing. (laughs) So I I have been sneaking in that that late night uh, coffee just to get through through the clubs, stay alert. Yeah, and I mean, I I do too. I'm happy to send you anything. Uh, That's something I really love sharing with especially with the community, especially with, you know, other artists or other talent, you know, I think that that became substantially more important to me during COVID. I I am going to be picking your brain when it comes to the traveling stuff uh, about, you know, the traveling health is something that I struggle with. So we do want to talk about our, uh, your tips and tricks with uh, travel hacks. And uh, we got a little segment video we want to get into for that. Ooh, I love this. Let it roll. 
All right. This is a this is a really amazing one. You're gonna love it. Here we go. I wanna fly away. Travel hacks. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. <laughs> Really yeah all right <laughs> so i i fly a lot for weddings um i've been staying fairly loyal to delta loyalty is definitely a big thing uh any kind of travel hacks you got i mean we, we've heard the tsa pre's and all those but anything else that you might think that's you know unique and helpful to everybody yeah uh well loyalty you nailed it for sure um yeah you know I was spoiled in Detroit, believe it or not, all those years flying out of a Delta hub. Then I moved to Austin oh, sure. and it's been a shit show. Um, but nevertheless, definitely, definitely, definitely explore your market so you know what the right airline is to get you where you need to go mostly. And then invest in a credit card that has a big travel package. I use the Delta Amex Reserve. Uh, it's one that doesn't, you don't see it as much as the other ones reserved for business. It's a high annual fee, but I run everything through my business through that. So I maximize my sky miles and then I take advantage of things like sky miles shopping. So even things you need on a daily basis or whatever, I wait until I get emails where it's like, you know, 10, 10 miles at Lululemon today. Then I buy stuff or I just bought a new Mac. I was holding out, holding out, holding out. I got 10 miles. So on a $4,000 Mac, that's 40,000 miles. That's a free flight. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, things like that, you know, connect, make, making sure you're using the partnerships with like Lyft, Uber. I mean, there isn't anything that I do that I don't maximize my privileges with. If, you, if, if they don't take American Express, I just don't go there. Or, you know, if I can't utilize my loyalty, I will do everything in my power to find a way to do it. So definitely invest in a card that complements the, the airline or hotel, you know, if you're using Hilton Honors or, or Bonvoy. And all of those partner with a lot of the credit cards, too. So, you know, that's a that's a huge thing right there. Um, you know, and then as far as like moving through the airports, you already know TSA pre and you know, global entry, all those things. And a lot of these cards offer those as part of their membership. So don't be discouraged if it's a $700 membership fee. Um, American express platinum also has a great program because you earn Amex points. And then when you purchase a flight with that card, you can use your points and you'll get 35% back. So if it's a thousand dollar flight and you use a hundred thousand points to buy that flight, you get 35,000 points back. And that's, that's still considered a full fair payment flight with your airline. So you still get, you still get your MQMs or you still get your loyalty points with the airline. It's not considered award travel and yeah. you get the miles back. If you buy a flight with that card, 
you get five times points. So, you know, uh, one thing that being a big guy and flying a lot is, you know, I don't, I don't care about flying first because I want the snacks and shit. It's because I need the space. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, utilizing those cards and investing in those cards and making sure you hit the milestones is totally worth it. It's totally worth the annual fee and the annual fee is a tax write off anyways. It's considered membership fee. So you can write it off to your business anyway. I I totally Totally agree. Um, as far as packing or bringing stuff along with you, any other tips and tricks as long as like to the health inside of the packing of the travel? Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I roll like another thing I do is, I mean, it's, I guess a lot easier for guys because majority of my wardrobe is t-shirts and joggers. Um, My friends make fun of me because I buy Lululemon shit, but one Lululemon t-shirt lasts me three years, four years, and I can unroll it hang it up in the shower while I'm showering and there's not a wrinkle in it. And then I'm gone. So, you know, appearance is important, man. I don't care what anybody says. It's, you don't have to look like a model, but like look crispy at your gigs. Like, even if it's a shit, even if it's a, you know, a divey gig, you should always good. You should always look like you put, you, you care about yourself. You know, I think like the days of the grimy, dirty DJ isn't cool to me. Uh, No, I agree. It just makes it look like you're a little bit more put together. So I roll everything. I put my put my pants in first. I roll everything. I mean, I don't know. I can show you my my. I just was in Europe for two weeks, living out of a carry on, and and Jeez. everything was. I keep a pair of runners in there. I have uh, this. Uh, so you stick with all Lululemon. I'm I'm curious because there are so many new brands now, right? Uh, is that just like that's yeah. your go to or? Cause that, that that's been my go-to. Okay, I'm not judging at all. Yeah. I, I I travel so much in the wrinkle-free. I I started bringing a steamer just for my suits because you know yeah. you can't have it looking all all fucked up. So like yeah, I'm not there's a downy there's a downy there's a downy air spray you can buy it comes in a travel size too. So I yeah. spray your stuff with that and then just run the shower on on hot till it steams. Hang everything in the shower for ten minutes, five minutes, ten minutes. It's like you went to dry cleaners. That's what wow. I do too. That's uh, mm-hmm. I use the downy spray. I yeah. buy it, buy it in bulk. I didn't know about the downy spray. I gotta be honest. I didn't know about that. Yeah. The other the other uh, key clutch thing is fresh balls. That speaks for itself. <laughs> Definitely keeps you fresh and tight down there. And uh, baby wipes, man. You know, baby wipes really oh. come in handy. So baby wipes. Those are some. Day. Those are some necessary must-haves i agree uh, and you could buy like baby wipes you could buy like the amazon prime ones now where you get like a pack of 24 packs for like a stupid price like 11 dollars or something like that so hella cheap and Uh, one of the things i wanted to say too to your point of using the the amex card amex platinum so you know it's 695 dollars a year mm -hmm. you know that might sound like a lot to some people but you get also, you get the $200 Uber cash credit. You get a $200 airline fee credit. You get a $200 hotel credit. So you're getting that 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 fee back. Is I think it comes with a companion pass. A companion oh, yeah. pass as well. Yeah, it also yeah, comes yeah. with a free flight. Yeah, so it I have does. that exact card, and it's it's by far been the best thing I've ever gotten by yeah, far. for sure. It's And then there's yeah. other little things. Like you get automatic Hilton Gold, which isn't – crazy but 
You still, if you ask for an upgrade when you check in, if it's available, you'll get it. You'll get a 4 p.m. checkout. You get free water, shit like that. All that stuff adds up if you're going, if you're spending two or three nights a week in hotels, all that stuff adds up. You get, um, now you get uh, Hertz Winter Circle automatic with that card. So, you know, you can, you can, rent, if you need to rent a car, you can rent the cheapest one and then you'll get upgraded when you get to, to, to the pickup. So, you know, there's all kinds of little hacks like that, that I think, I think that if you're, you know, if you're starting, all these things are like, you're just looking at it monetarily, you're looking at it through a microscope. But after a while, you see the benefits of having these perks and these loyal, you know, airport lounge access. I mean, that by itself, like, you know, yeah, it's priceless. So, I mean, all those things I think are, are worth it. Although I will say that, you know, the, the annual fees are definitely higher than they've ever been. And I think that the benefits are less than they've ever been in comparison to those things. But, uh, you know, a lot of the airlines and credit card companies have all raised their standards and their thresholds because they need to sort of drain the swamp, get rid of people who are kind of like freeloaders and bottom feeders that aren't really avid travelers, but they've either got this gifted to them or, you know, their company does a lot of business. So they got diamond or platinum status. You know what I mean? Like that's what kind of, that's what kind of messes it up for a while. Yeah. I think it's doing a reset for sure. I've noticed it 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I I had a question. I know you're, you're traveling a lot. I'm just curious. uh, The types of gigs is mostly club gigs or uh, anything else you're doing in those where you're traveling those types of events. Yeah. It's mostly club gigs Um, right now. Um, that's pretty much really what's all, all on my calendar coming up. Uh, I mean, some private gates here and there. Um, but you know, most of those are corporate events that are very exclusive or uh, I have a relationship with them or, or I'm doing part of the actual event production or I'm supplying outside services to them. So a, a lot of those are uh, sort of, that was part of how I built my business in Michigan as well, which was, you know, as I start to become more in demand, instead of turning away business, I needed to curate other other DJs in town that I knew could sort of step up to the plate and fill those roles. We would do all the other stuff. So some of that stuff, but mainly right now, just clubs and, um, you know, hopefully some other some other stuff coming up. Tell us a little bit too about Detroit kind of growing up. I saw in the bio there was uh, you used money from drag racing to uh, hmm. to buy your first set of turntables. Yeah, actually, it wasn't the money from uh, racing. I actually, it was part of the bet. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, for people that don't know, uh, you know, the whole Fast and the Furious movie concept came from Detroit street racing. And then, then they sort of took that and applied it to what was going on on the West coast with like drifting and things like that. But that's why the, that's why Vin Diesel drives a Chrysler, why he drives a Mopar, a muscle car, a Hemi, because it's drag racing was born in Detroit. So, uh, and I grew up in Detroit, so we really didn't have much. Uh, I mean, there were no hobbies or activities or fun or vacations. You know, our, 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 our hobbies were to go work on cars at the neighbor's house. And so, you know, both of my brothers were, were big into cars and 
by that I was too and got into racing. My brother was pro. My brother went semi-pro drag racer and I was his little brother. So we had this whole game that we play on people, you know, he was kind of like the man and then they would talk enough shit. And then, you know, once we couldn't get a race, well, oh, fine, I'll, I'll let my little brother whoop your ass. And then here I would come, you know, skinny, scrawny fucking beanpole back then. And uh, <laughs> so we had a whole hustle about it. And yeah. at the time, at the time I was dating this girl and her family was like very uh, well-to-do and respectable. And I was out running the streets all fucking night, you know, drag racing. She's like, look, man, she's like, you know, you can't keep doing this. My family's never going to accept you. And I was like, okay, well, now what do I do? So there was this, this kid that was like always talking shit. And I knew he had a pair of turntables at his house. Every time we went over there, I would get on there and fuck around. I didn't know what I was doing. We set up a race and it was like a handicap race. And my brother was like, all right, well, we're going to do this. I was like, no, if I win, I want those turntables. He's like, all right, fuck it, I'll get you the turntables. Wow. So, yeah. So I end up I end up whooping this guy's ass and I got the turntables. And then I went over to my girlfriend's like a week or two later. I was like, Well, I got good news. She's like, What? I'm like, I'm gonna quit drag racing. She's like, Oh wow, yeah. really? And I was like, Yeah. She's like, that's amazing. I'm like, I'm become a DJ. She's like, what? You told me I needed a new hobby. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of how, how that started. And you're still with her, right? That's where yeah. this was going? <laughs> I wish, actually. I wish. But no, no. Unfortunately, that that didn't have a half fairy tale ending. Uh, <sighs> For me, it kind of did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, to be young and in love again. Oh, oh. <laughs> or one or the other. <laughs> I'll be happy with I, one I, of those. <laughs> no, I love the story. I love the come up. I love everything that we've talked about as far as, you know, just you getting into the clubs and finding this, you know, behind the scenes growth and path. Uh, I know you run your own management company. And, but you are with scam, right? So do you just yeah. kind of, uh, do anything that comes that's outside of your stuff that you can pass on to other DJs? Is that how that management company works yeah, or how does that? Yeah. 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 That's, that's essentially how it is. If it's anything where, where I'm not really, if it's an event, I'm producing a part of it or I'm providing any type of uh, services or contractors, you know, that, that goes through my company and then as an artist, as Captain 20, as a DJ, you know, that all goes through scam. So, and I mean, scam has always been, I mean, it's, I'll always be grateful for Sujit and the opportunities that, you know, I was just having this talk literally yesterday uh, with one of the guys. And I was like, you know, sometimes we, sometimes we get beat ourselves up or we're like, oh, well, you know, maybe I should be doing this or maybe I should be doing this. But at the end of the day, it's like, when you really take a look at, at least when I do, when I look at the relationships I have and you know, the people that I've got to know and meet through this business that I believe, you know, were directly an open door from getting signed with scam, you know, especially at right. the time, at that time, you know, you know, it wasn't so much about social media. So it was, we were more of definitely a tight knit earlier crew of guys and everyone had a mutual respect and it opened my eyes to 
what this could really be like, you know, and, and also, you know, it's like you have a camaraderie with these guys and you know, it's like you can chop it up with these guys and they're not out to get you. Everyone's, everyone's trying to do their own thing, but everyone at the same time has a respectful one. That's something I think is still very valuable being on scam. Right. Yeah. And that's just like, like you said, led from all the talent buying, um, anybody that wants to possibly pursue or get behind the scenes with some of that is, uh, the talent buying and stuff. I don't know if there's any last things you want to mention about that. Yeah. I mean, I think that, and I think this has probably come up before, you know, I think that as a working DJ, I think there are a few paths you can take to grow. Uh, I think that now the world's a different place. You know, obviously, I think things like streaming and online content, video content, all those things are are much more dominant in your growth as an individual. But there is still and, and I you know, we talk about network, you know, I always say your 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 network is your net worth. If you don't realize the value of in-person relationships and nurturing those relationships and cultivating those relationships and maintaining a good rapport with your clients, with talent buyers, with other artists, with other DJs, with booking agents, with whoever. It's all about how you carry yourself. Uh, you know, it's all about people want to book you if you're a good person before they do if you're a good DJ. At least that was always my philosophy as a DJ. And I've said this before, but it's, it's like, you know, I would always look for that. If we bring guys in and they were just cold and they didn't want to interact, play their show and they leave. Cool. You know, chances are we weren't going to book them again, but it was, it was the talent that would come in and really want to be part of the, the event or the night and really like want to interact and communicate, especially being in a city like Detroit. We're not LA, we're not Vegas, we're not New York, we're not Miami. It's a small knit community. And, you know, the artists and the talent that took advantage of those opportunities, they have, long-term relationships with the clients that used to come to our venues. So, you know, if you're, if you played my spot in Detroit and then you went to play Miami, now it's like my friends in Miami are hitting me up. Yo, you know, Drew is at uh, wherever, or, or, you know, you know, anybody, can you hook me up with them? I want to go see them. And, you know, you find these people will, will look for you in other markets. And I think with scam in particular, that, that was like a big thing that I tried to do. Not only did it, not only was I trying to introduce them to the market, but I was trying to introduce the market to them so that that was something that became, you know, a, a much more in the fabric of, of when people would go somewhere. You know, I think so. yeah. it's important for people to hear what you're saying because there's this false narrative of that as soon as you get on uh, with a company like Scam, you've made it, right? And it's like, no, yeah. you, you, you have no. to give them the tools to book you. You have to bust your ass still. Yeah. And, and it's, it's exactly what you said. Like, you know, I definitely have had my times where I've, I've felt a certain type of way, but at the end of the day, man, you know, every agency is going to have a, the same or similar philosophy. You know, at the, at the end of the day, it's what can I do for you? Not what can they do for me? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, yeah. it's what am I contributing? Why am I valuable? Why am I going to stand out over, 20 or 10 or 20 or 50 or 100 other artists on this on this roster and you know it, it also is you as an individual you have to have a more clear vision of where you want to be and you know i think if i like look back at like what i could have done different or where i would have wanted to be you know when you're in that hamster wheel and you're playing 150 gigs a year and you're or five nights a week 
you're you're in this smoke like you don't see where you don't at least i didn't really like and managing a company and doing all these things it was a lot it's way too much i would never do it that way again uh, although it was extremely helpful in, in, in moving my career forward but you know now where i want to slow down where i want it to be about quality now it's like oh i really wish that i would have invested more into music production, spent more time producing, or, you know, I really wish that I was more excited or interested about creating a podcast or, you know, doing things where I'm moving the needle in other parts of my career, not just being a good DJ, like opening up to different streams of listeners or followers, like, you know, maybe, mm -hmm. People don't follow me just because I'm a DJ. Maybe I started a merchandise line or clothing line, and that's how I get more traffic. And now I streamline them into my music role. Or maybe I'm a big advocate for health and fitness, and I, I really dig into that. And now I tap into that community, and now I can streamline that community into coming to shows or things like that. So, you know, I, I think... I don't know if that answered your question. It no, does, I but I want to give you your props. I want to give you your props where I think I think you're wrong, man. And I, I want to just say it's that hustler mentality that you could just never do enough, right? It's like, you I can't. need to keep doing this, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. And it's like that hamster wheel of like, I want to do everything, you know? Uh, yeah. But fuck, man, it's I'm already impressed. Like, you've done a lot of really oh, dope things. You, and the fact that you're doing your own management company and you've already – you something – else i would like to say is a lot of these guys on the come up you need to own your own city so the fact that mm -hmm. you took the 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 bull by the horns in detroit and made that your fucking city and do your parties and like made that a thing that's a big deal and that's why you're on that new platform and on scam because everyone needs to like fuse kind of run cincy right you need to mm -hmm. be the guy in the city yeah you and gotta be the guy people, in your town you got to be the guy in the town and then you could be the guy, then you can move out. But until you're 100%. the guy in the town, you're not, you can't move out, you know? So unless you're stone rock and then you're a guy's guy, <laughs> you are a guy's guy. He's my guy. <laughs> One of my favorite guys. Uh, no, but what Drew was house, saying, I actually house sitted for him one time. Oh yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. He told me not. He told me not to bang on his living room couch. I did not. I got one rule: don't do it on the couch. That's well, hilarious. Go ahead. Ask I didn't the, do ask it. The... I didn't do it on the couch. <laughs> All right. So this is a great segue. We 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 have another um, stupid video to roll, and. Um, it's uh, a crazy DJ story. It can be from a night gone wrong, a night gone great. It could be both, but we like always hearing, uh, you know, obviously you had many nights in Detroit with a lot of uh, other DJs and stuff. I'm sure you've got good stories. So we'll roll yeah. this video and we'll come back to it. Wait, wait, pull one out. The dart, man. Got a fucking dart in your neck. You're crazy. You're crazy, man. You're crazy. I like you, but you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
what did I just watch? Was that supposed to be in slow motion? Yeah, you never seen that scene in uh, old school. I have, but is it slowed down? I can't remember. Is it like that's that? what yeah, yeah. he gets hit. He gets hit with a dark, and so they're basically oh, like, right, it, right. it's his voice. Like he's starting to be like, he's he's blacking out. So well, yeah. uh, note to self: don't get high and watch old school because it probably <laughs> seemed normal to me at that time. <laughs> uh, crazy DJ story. Anything? Good, bad, funny, Ooh, all the above. So I mean, so many. There's one probably that like always comes to mind kind of immediately because it was so random. But uh, I was playing Omnia Cabo. It was like my first time doing it. And I found out like two hours before the gig when I landed that we could only play clean edits. So I was like, oh, oh shit. Okay. God. So I had just come off of like a two or two or three day back to back. It was aggressive getting there. And I was like, all right, well, you know, you can do this. And then I got it together and I got to my set. And at the time, my uh, my agent, uh, we, we had like sub agents with uh, Scam. He had come out to the event. So it was kind of cool. But also I'm like, all right, cool. It, it was great. And I'm playing my set. He's talking to me. He's like, hey, bro, Tara Reed's here. She, she wants to come to DJ booth. I was like, Tara Reed? Who's Tara Reed? Like Tara Reed? Like American Pie Tara Reed? Yeah. Like, yeah, bro, she's over there. Dude, she was hot mess. But uh, she came, she was standing in the DJ booth, she was whispering in my ear the whole time or, or screaming in my ear like a banshee, whatever. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she forced me to take something at the time. I don't know what it was. It hit me <laughs> about an hour later. <laughs> hit me about an hour later. And I was like, this, this feels interesting. And then this carried on later on that night. There was this like completely random techno festival in Kabul in the middle of the street. And I'm there. I'm fucking all over the place. And who who's, finds me again? Tara Reed. So I end up running around this techno festival with Tara Reed, who was smacked out of her mind. I don't know. You probably, you guys probably gonna have to edit this out, but whatever. It's it was, it was. I'll just say that it was the most random and interesting and. A scary moment I had had because I had to find a way to escape her and had no idea where I was <laughs> right in the middle of this fucking treat rave and uh, in Mexico, in Cabo and uh, yeah, with Tara Reed. So I don't know, that one just stood out for some reason. If you're watching really American Pie, like in the back of the days, you're watching American Pie. At any point, you think one day I'm gonna have to escape Tara Reed, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of why that's kind of why I brought that up because yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I never in a million years would have thought that 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 could have ever happened or why it happened right. the way that it did. But uh, nevertheless, yeah. it was it was a fun night. It was a fun night. To, to, just be just because you brought up the the having to play all clean edits at the DJ pool, did that become an issue while you're doing it? Well, well no, but, well it was an issue because there's stuff I wanted to play and I didn't have a clean. And then right, right. I'm, I'm pretty sure I was getting well again whatever whatever <laughs> I consumed. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I'm bleeding on that, but. Uh, I was questioning myself. I'm like, wait a minute. Am I doing? Am I playing? Am I am I playing this? Is this clean? Did I? And then and I was like, oh, are you asking me for this? And she was in my ear, like, ah, 
don't, I'm like, I can't understand what the fuck you're saying. <laughs> I, 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 know, I don't know if you're speaking English or if I'm impaired, but it just, it sounded like, um, it sounded like, it sounded like Animal from the Muppets, you know, where he's just like, ah! you know, if I can, or if, it was like if Animal and Fozzie Bear had a baby together, it would have been Tara Reed on mushrooms that, that day in, Oh, that's what that sounds like. <laughs> uh, probably never going to get called back to be on this show again, but hey. <laughs> no, it's all good. No, we love it. It's we all good. It. It's, uh, it's actually amazing. It's so good. <laughs> even in American Pie, Tara Reed kind of sounds like a mix of uh, Animal and Fozzie. Like, I think that's just her natural voice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, God bless her, though. Sweetheart. Yeah. I would totally animate that with uh, Tara Reed turning into animal, yelling in your ear. Listen, that would the feel most free amazing. to feel free to make as many memes as you want about this. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. That's a great story. That's an amazing yeah. story. I need well, to rewatch well, American Pie just because of that. Now you're gonna think of this every time. I'll send you guys a photo that you could use. Oh please, even, please, yes, for, even please! You have to send us that photo. <laughs> I will. I'll send it to you. <laughs> All right. So one of the things that we like to do, and we like to wrap with, we call it the sauce. We've got another amazing video. Um, the sauce is essentially, you know, any advice you would tell your younger self, anything you might do a little different, uh, and or just um, advice for listeners. Anything like that. So we'll play this video and we'll come back to it. Ah, the name is Bootsy, baby. And uh, this shout out goes out to Drew and Fuse, all the way from Cincinnati to the LBC Bobble. Yeah, I was told you guys are quite the chefs and you got a delicious sauce that you cooked up. And it drips that swagoo and breaks down the recipe. Yeah, and you giving up the pee, cause it's funky. As in good that is, finger funkin' good. On the one by the power of the one. Yeah, without that, there is none. So get yours and be in tune with the one that loves get it baby i feel enlightened after that <laughs> that is just, that just changed my whole answer <laughs> that's what it's All that's right. what it's there for wow okay what would i tell my younger self well that's a great question by the way that's very tim ferris which is also someone that i follow uh, that's something i would recommend definitely reading reading more. Uh, I think in particular, there's a book that really had a, a significant impact in my adult life called The Four Agreements. And if you've never read it before, it's a really easy read. And it, it, it's very common sense. Uh, they're basically be impeccable with your word, which is do what you say. Uh, don't make assumptions. Um, try your best. And uh, don't take anything personal. And, you know, if I look back at my life back then when I was a kid, if I embraced those four things, I think that I would have made a lot better decisions in some circumstances where I made some bad decisions, where I was hot headed or, 
I let my ego, you know, get involved with making decisions or, you know, I had a short fuse, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, you know, count to 10. My mom always used to say count to 10. Before you answer someone, before you decide to do something, have a knee jerk reaction, you know, count to 10. Uh, you never know who's listening. You never know who's in the room. You never know who's watching. It's the same with DJing. It's all it's applicable in life, but you know, really, when it, when you look at what we do for a living, it, it's so important to have that kind of awareness, patience, you know, and kindness. You know, I mean, there was a period where I was a real dick, and it wasn't because I chose to be. It was a, a product of really the environment I was in, and and high level stress, and and you know, the need to perform better at a high level all the time at everything I did, and you know, at some point it. It, it can really, it can really take you down. So, you know, I was fortunate to be able to get out of that smoke before it really did some real damage. But, you know, I think that the, those things are, are, are really important, no matter what you're doing. I like those. No, I think, repeat. yeah, I think it's good. I was going to say, can you repeat the four bullet points just so I, I can write them myself? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, and, and two books that you can read, which are ones yeah. by Tim Ferriss. It's called Tools of Titans. And uh, that is a remarkable tool. That, that was a game changer for me. Uh, you know, I don't really have a lot of mentors growing up. So, you know, this allows you to get a glimpse into the mind of some of the most successful people in the world in all fields. So everyone from Cascade to Jay-Z to Warren Buffett to the world's strongest man to Arnold Schwarzenegger, they're all featured in this book. And it's like the Cliff Notes versions of, you know, what their pra daily practices are and their methods to achieve success. And, and I've adapted those into my daily life all the time. And the other one is the four agreements, which is, uh, again, be, be impeccable with your word, which is do what you say. Don't make assumptions. Don't take things personal and do your best. You know, someone calls you a cocksucker. Someone says you're a shitty DJ. It's cool, bro. Thank you. <laughs> now what? What are you going to say? You say some, you say thank you. What are they going to say after that? It's going to eat shit. Uh, the other book I was going to recommend is that Tim Ferriss. Uh, is it the, it's either the four or the five hour work week. I got a lot out of that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, uh, I have, that I have a four hour chef, which by the oh. way, I'll tell you, I can get okay. busy in there. Yeah. All right. And uh, wait, what is, what is and, that? What is, what's the tips and tricks on the four hour chef? It's the same. It's sort of the same as how four hour work week involves. It's just like I haven't, I mean, I kind of got into it as much, but not as much as the other books. But really, it's like, here are the fundamentals. Here's like, it's sort of like your crate. You know, what are your go tos? What do you know you can kill any room in any set with? You have that in your house all yeah. the time and then with Dude, those you can make totally you can make right. anything you can make anything dope you know uh so it's sort of funny like i didn't realize the correlation between cooking and djing until covid and i was like oh wow like i really like enjoy this there's so much i can do with the same things like it, it's kind of crazy so yeah yeah, yeah. it's awesome ordering, i'm ordering that audio book for my next yeah. fight you got it i would recommend if you do tools of titans get it in the in the actual paper in the hard copy because you can highlight things you can make notes 
you can extract things. That's just me. I like to do things like that where it's like, yeah. you know, or you can get the audio book and, and, and read along with it to get a little bit more retention. That way. I'm waiting for the awesome. movie to come out. So I have to stick with audio books <laughs> until, uh, until the movie comes out. Cause you talk about reading and it's like, yeah, I don't know. There's no movie, I know. but I will listen well, to the audio book. <laughs> yeah. Everything. You know, another, another good one is the Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary that just mm -hmm. came out. Mm -hmm. oh, I started watching. I'm gonna watch that. Oh, you did? Oh, I, haven't watched that, it yet. I, I I thought it was it was great, and he actually wrote the foreword to that book, which is the reason why I picked it up in the first place. I was like, "Holy shit!" I never knew this guy did real estate, but it really breaks yeah. down to like being seven, six or seven time Mister Universe. That's insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's he's a, just trying yeah. to do twenty pushups every morning. <laughs> Drew's just trying to take a bird scooter around the neighborhood. There you go. <laughs> Hashtag goals. <laughs> Dude, I got the funniest video sent to me from him one day. Because I, I, I was like preaching to him that he needs like a morning routine. And then mm -hmm. like the very next day, he's like, this is my new morning routine. And it's like him on, him on a bird scooter going around the neighborhood. <laughs> well, they're all over Austin. Austin, so be prepared to start getting some new content. <laughs> there you go. Every three it. days, I every three days I watch somebody eat shit on a bird here. <laughs> That's so funny. My fiance, she 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 like refuses to ride them because she works in the hospital and she's like, I swear, like once a week we get somebody in with like a serious yeah. bird scooter injury. Yeah. That's real life. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. That's, that's why they're banned most places, but I still love them. <laughs> uh, hit us, that. hit us where we everybody can find you on social media. If there's yeah. anything you want to promote, yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, well, it's 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 at DJ Captain Twenty, spelled DJ C A P T N two zero. I know everyone screws it up all the time, but uh, that's that's Instagram, uh, Mixcloud. Uh, scam it's all just type in captn20 it should all come up i think for the most part uh let's see what else do we have uh i'm doing a guest show a guest mix for five and deluxe fade on their uh, diplo's revolution show on fade university so okay. that's coming up uh make sure nice. you check in on that and i'll post the link to that in my insta instagram is my tool of choice so that's where you'll find me most active and most of my gigs up to date uh, let's see what else if you're in boston this saturday i am doing cavo nightclub at night it's a brand new venue from the guys that own mariel and a few other venues uh, so that's always a good time if you're in boston hit me up and uh then next week south chicago uh, doing 350 Terrace in Detroit on Saturday. And then I'm doing the Pitbull Little John concert at Soaring Eagle, Michigan on Sunday. So nice. if, you're in the, if you're in the Midwest, holler at your boy. Awesome. <clears throat> Love it. Well, uh, we just want to say thanks for taking the time to be on with us today and chat with us. We really, really appreciate you. Yeah, uh, man, doing I appreciate that. you guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah. Until it's next time. That's going to wrap it up for today. We'll talk to you guys yeah. later. All right, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs>